Hello, and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin. We're your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. We're going to start this episode with a quotation because it reflects our guest attitude so much (laughs) that, well, we just had to. It happens to be from Elizabeth Edwards, who dealt with a lot of hard things very publicly, including her fatal battle with cancer. She described resilience as accepting your new reality, even if it's less good than the one you had before. You can fight it, you can do nothing but scream about what you've lost, or you can accept it and try to put together something that's good. Mm. Our guest today is Stacy, a woman of resilience. She says she has no good choice but to be. We met her in the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook community, where through her comments, she makes it clear pretty much daily that she benefits as much from offering comfort as she does from receiving it. And that's why she's sharing her story here today. Depression is one of the most common mental health problems facing people with chronic pain. According to the American Pain Foundation, about 32 million people in the U.S., report to have had pain lasting longer than a year. And on average, 65% of depressed people complain of pain. Stacy speaks to both. Hello. Hello, Stacy. This is Terry. Hey, Terry. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of my better days. <laughs> <laughs> we we all need those. Definitely. So I want to uh, start by thanking you because you have such a, a good spirit and heart that you are so supportive on our Facebook community page. And when I told Sarah, who is the other person you know from there, mm-hmm. I told her that you, we were going to be talking tonight. She said, I want to make sure I said it, say it right. She said, Stacy is committed to her health and ours. And I just loved that. Oh, and you know, and it is so true. I'm so passionate about it because, um, you know, it's long overdue that we have a voice. It is nice when something we don't care for about ourselves becomes an asset when we can use it to connect with other people. And as you say, sort of guide them out. Well, definitely, because otherwise you're just left with pain. Stacy lives with chronic pain, but she didn't always. Because I was that type A personality who had to have everything perfect and, you know, could do everything at my job and keep my house nice and do everything. I had that energy and that drive and I was just, I had a will and I was going. I don't care. I was going and I was going and I, you know, just wasn't letting nothing stop me. Well, that stopped me. <laughs> And it fell apart because Mm -hmm. everything that ever happened in my life, I always just 
sucked and ran. Not ran from it, but just, well, got to keep moving on, got to keep moving forward, got to keep moving forward. And so I don't really think I ever dealt with any of this stuff. And I didn't know that mentally. I thought I was just fine. Well... We're starting to see a real pattern with this storyline. Several of our guests, from corporate bigwigs to doctors and other professionals the world views as successful, believe that society's near glorification of being too busy and too stressed comes at a significant personal price. I actually went to college and I wanted, and I studied psychology and I got a four year degree, and I wanted to be a therapist. And I said, I never thought I would be the patient. (laughs) I thought I was going to be the therapist. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but hearing you laugh makes me laugh. (laughs) It is okay to laugh. It is okay to laugh because, you know, it is is a serious topic. And I, you know, I, I have been through it all. But... You just have to laugh. And I know there's some days that I can't laugh. I mean, I know what's ahead of me. You know, I'm already dreading the winter. Stacy describes herself as having had 21 years of active major depressive disorder, as well as painful fibromyalgia, severe allergies, and other illnesses. Winters are worst for her. Absolutely. And it has only gotten worse through the years. And... The only real break I get is about summertime. You know, summertime is, is it kind of calms down the fibromyalgia, calms down the depression. You know, I still, I mean, I live in chronic pain even in the summertime, but it's the difference between a five and a 10. <laughs> you know, like who really wants to live at a level five pain? Nobody, but I'm willing to take it because most of the time it's higher. Um, and when I do have the, uh, I'm sorry for Stacy days, and I do have them sometimes, I have to say to myself, you know what? You have improved. It's been small, but you've improved. I have blessings, even though I have all this too, but I do have blessings. And those things are what keep me going and keep me grounded. And, you know, plus there's just something in me that just, doesn't give up. And I mean, I'm grateful for that, but it never occurred to me that I was not going to get better. In describing the close relationship between pain and depression, Mayo Clinic says sometimes pain and depression create a vicious cycle in which pain worsens symptoms of depression, and then the resulting depression worsens feelings of pain. Every winter, I literally curl out feeling like I, I don't want to live. I don't want to live. I, I can't take this anymore. How much more of this can I do? And finally, I looked at my family and I said, I can't keep doing this by myself. I said, I have to find somebody that can help me. And I said, you know, no offense to you guys, but this is way above your pay grade and mine. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. And so thankfully, I finally found a good one. And by a good one, do you mean a good therapist? Yes. Yes, that's what I mean. Stacy has tried a number of therapists over the years. And I think I'm just so physically and mentally tired of fighting. But you can't be because <laughs> right. you still have this and you have to keep going. And so that's, you know, where the therapist has come in for me because I literally Googled, what do you do when medicines have not 
helps you get over your depression. And then it said, if you have major depressive disorder, which I do, it said that you should have a therapist, like cognitive behavioral therapist, and that's what I look for. Some of the places she looked were less successful than others. The last one, it was just somebody that um, my hairstylist went to, and she's like, well, she helped me, but then I'm thinking, but you don't have all the issues I have. And with each ineffective experience, Stacy would get turned off on the whole idea of therapy and wait a few years before trying again, a pattern which she says delayed her recovery. The therapist I have now had a whole bio about her, like how long she's been doing it and how she helps people, you know, with depression and anxiety. And I'm like, that's exactly what I need. You know, I thought I was just going to introduce myself to her and just have her on standby for, you know, the winter. But no, I've been pretty much, you know, seeing her on a regular basis. And um, it, it really helps because what she is teaching is, is about mindfulness and, you know, not letting our minds go on autopilot where they just go on and on and on and on. And, and it's not good. So, you know, she's teaching me kind of how to, like, recognize that and to stop it and to try to redirect. And, um, you know, some days I'm better at it and some days I'm not. Another thing Stacy's working on in therapy is acceptance. And um, I just, you know, I, I said to my therapist, I would think I would be used to it by now, but I guess really it's because I really haven't accepted that this is really my life, if that really even makes sense. Because I keep just fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And some of that is good, but some of that's also keeping me sick because I'm never in today. I'm never in the moment. And so, you know, so so that's the stuff I'm learning. And, excuse me, the fighting, do you think that that's part of what wears you down and wears you out? Absolutely. Like one day, my therapist asked me, do you wish things were different. I said, all the time. I said, I can't stand it. And she said, do you think having that idea and that feeling wears on your body? And I said, yeah, you're right. It does. And so, you know, I have started to learn that what little bit of energy I do have, I have to save it for, you know, what matters and not this beating myself up game. And you know that there will be people who, in addition to depression, also have chronic pain who listen. What do you say to them from your experience that can help them make it through theirs? Um, I would say that uh, don't do it alone. Make sure, you know, that you're getting adequate help, which means meds, which means diet, which means exercise, which means mental health, all of that. Like, I have to have that whole team. And then you definitely, you know, need to have somebody that you can, you know, share with that isn't going to judge you and be critical. And uh, you have to uh, talk to yourself, a lot of talking to yourself and a lot of being kind to yourself. I mean, the things that I say to myself, I would never in a million years say to someone else. I would say to that person, wow, you did all that? You're amazing. But that's not what I say to myself. And so, you know, it's, it's learning to be kind because you're not going to be the person you used to be. And you're not going to be able to keep up with everything. And not everyone's going to be happy. And, 
you know, because they're going to get mad at you for not having this, done, or not done. And then I just remind them, uh, excuse me, <laughs> kind of got a lot going on over here. <laughs> Can we have a little bit of compassion? You know, I'm, I'm much more um, vocal in that way. You, you have to teach people how to treat you. Mm. Stacy, thank you so much for putting words to your journey to learn self-empathy and self-compassion because um, it is a long road for a lot of us. <laughs> and I love that uh, you have to teach people how to treat you. It's just it's such a simple statement, but it, there's so much truth in it. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank Stacy. You know, she's a really wonderful member of our Facebook community. And, you know, thank you, Stacy, for sharing here on the podcast and for sharing yourself and your journey and your supportive, kind words to so many people on the Facebook community that need to hear those words and feel that support. Mm -hmm. And a quick note before we sign off that September is Suicide Prevention Month. It is also Suicide Prevention Day and Suicide Prevention Week, but we'll just be talking about the whole month. Um, For those of you who are paying attention, World Suicide Prevention Day is observed every September 10th, and that's when our next episode will come out. See you then. Bye, Bridge. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on Depression's Dark Road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.